Weird. Hello, 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 and welcome, Weird News Enthusiasts. This is Weird, the podcast that uh, gives you all the weird news you need every day, every week, every second, whatever. But uh, it's, it gives you all the news that you can use to blow a fuse, and it's mostly true. I think it's all true. Anyway, my name's Craig. And my name is Aaron. Aaron didn't like how I was editorializing just then. We'll be your host through this strange news spectacular. If this is your first time listening to Weird, Welcome. Uh, each episode of Weird is an is a it's a podcast in two parts. Not one. Not it's two parts. Yeah. Uh, the first half is the weekly Weird, which is where we're going to bring you all the recent weird news stories that we dug up on, uh, you know, out of the planet. And the second half of the show is when we bring you our big story. Now, this is where we're going to talk about stories that are so weird they need more time than the regular weird stories we talk about during the weekly Weird. So the big stories where you're going to hear all about alien abductions, Bigfoot sightings. Real life monsters, urban legends, what not, what have you, things like that. Yeah, and, and tonight we're going to discuss the Fairfax Bunny Man. Oh, that's creepy. One. It's a weird urban legend, or is it? <laughs> oh, plus Craig, tonight we got a special, and I'm not talking a special Thanksgiving top ten list. And a little special today because I'm a little loopy right now. I'm on. You are. Me- I'm on meds. I'm You're not, always I'm- loopy. <clears throat> but today I'm on meds. Got a little got a little med action going. So I'm a little crazy right now. Well, this, how, is, this, uh, is, this is the most almost live we've ever been. Let, let me ask you that. Yeah, that's right, because this episode is going up like as soon as we're done. <laughs> yeah, so. this is the most almost live you're ever going to get from us. <laughs> we're late this week, a little late. Well, you're busy. It's our schedules. We're having trouble, uh, and we may, be, we may be late again next week as, as well. We, we're gonna, it's a surprise. <laughs> we're going to try to give you a weekly episode, no matter what it takes. We're not like that Randall guy who gives you one episode randomly every six months. Randall. We're, yeah. What happened to that guy? Randall. What happened to him? He's going off the rails on the crazy train. Oh, wow. Hey, uh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Eating. You staying here? Oh, uh, well, yeah, until the weekend, then I'm going to go to the in-laws. Oh, okay. Good food twice. Yeah. Well, it's like, an, it's like a smorgasbord the whole time you're down there. Yeah. You just don't stop eating. Eh, sad. <laughs> sad for you, maybe. I think I would love it. It's awesome and sad at the same time. Well, you know, Craig... Uh, yeah, I know. Him. Yeah. We we talked about my new job and my new job. I'm on the road a lot. Yeah, as you know. Yeah, and I get to listen to a lot of uh, radio, which I haven't done in a long, long time. But that's a plus for this ep- for this podcast because I get to pick up on some really funny news clips. Oh, okay. So I found a couple that made me laugh as I was driving down the road this week, and I thought I'd share them with our listeners. So oh, the, how many listeners are we up to now? Uh, or or seven, I should say downtown. Seven, down, downtown, down two. Up two. So this first one uh, comes to us from the Democratic debates. A lot of people probably already heard this, but it's so funny. I'm going to play it again. It's Joe Biden talking about uh, violence done to women. So listen closely. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman in anger other than in self-defense, and that's rarely ever occurs. And so we have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it. (laughs) Keep punching it. It It will be a big... No, I really mean it. Everybody laughed. He had to say, I'm serious. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, before any of our listeners get upset thinking we're being political... We're not being political. That was just funny. That's just funny stuff. That's funny. This next one is too. Is it, don't talk up. Let's. We need to do something about domestic abuse. We got to keep punching it and punching <laughs> it. Keep punching and punching and punching. Okay, the next one made me seriously laugh out loud. It's. It comes to us from the stupid. Did I say that? It comes to us from the uh, impeachment hearings. And yeah. this yeah. is. Uh, this is kind of. You mean the nothing burger? This is kind of. <laughs> this is kind of self-explanatory. So listen up. I thank the gentleman for yielding, Ambassador. When did it happen? When did what happen? The announcement. When did President Zelensky announce that the investigation was going to happen? On page 14, you said this. Was there a quid pro quo? Today's op- your opening statement. As I testified previously, with regard to a qu- requested White House call, White House meeting, the answer is yes, that there needed to be a public statement from President Zelensky. When the chairman asked you about the security assistance dollars, you said there needed to be a public announcement from Zelensky. So I'm asking you a simple question. When did that happen? Never did. Never did. They got the call July 25th. 
They got the meeting, not in the White House, but in New York on September 25th. They got the money on September 11th. When did the meeting happen again? Never did. You don't know who was in the meeting? Which meeting are you referring to? The meeting that never happened. Who was in it? <laughs> the, meeting, the meeting that never happened. Who was in it? <laughs> <laughs> Who's on first? That one. Oh, and I've heard that one so much, and I still, I still laugh every time. So as I as I get together with some some of the news stories, some funny clips, I'll be bringing them. But those those are two actual news clips that made me laugh. It this is week. like a game show. I, I've not watched any of that stuff with the no. impeachment because it's just no. a game. It's a game show. I get, um, I get everything I need from one certain radio program uh, or one certain podcast. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That radio program saying eh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. You it's know. all right. Hey, you you're, you you know what what. You can get all you need right here on this podcast. You really can. You, really this can. Is, you don't need any others, actually. That's now all that you I need. think about it, just you need Craig and Aaron, or you need me and Craig, or you need Craig and I. Whichever. Or, or you get, need I and Craig, or Craig needs a new I. There's an I in Craig. There is. But, but there's there, no I in Aaron. <laughs> but there is no I in team. There's no I in team. There's no I in team, but there is an M and an E. So why don't you go ahead and make like a tree and get out of here? Story. This one comes submitted by Carrie Walker. Doom, oh, Doom she's one of my favorite. She's one of my favorite. Uh, oh wait, she's we, awesome. We, we can't do that anymore. Why not? This is because Carrie is a, a good fella, good friend. <clears throat> Top story: An Ohio home break-in is blamed on Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Thank you, Carrie Walker. Is this our big story? It's uh, top story. Well. Whatever. Because in the big story, we bring Bigfoot sightings. What is it with Bigfoot and burglaries? Why are Bigfoots breaking in everywhere? Just a few months ago, a man in New Hampshire offered proof, opposable thumbs, large brains, empty bellies. What? That a rash of home and car break-ins were done by one or a roving gang of Sasquatch. Not bears, as the local police suggested in an effort to calm the worried populace. Now, residents of a northeast Ohio town are concerned after a homeowner fired shots at a seven-foot creature trying to get into his house. A creature, the man told police, was a Bigfoot. Before you scoff, stop scoffing. I'm not scoffing. This occurred on the same street where Bigfoot has been reported many times before. Well, he lives there. What? Yeah, so you think people would know him as know. the neighbor, you know? That's It's our generation. Or, or it's, it's the time we live in. Nobody knows their neighbors. Yeah. If you would just look, you would see a big, yes. filthy, furry animal living next door to you. I'm surprised they don't smell him. Right. Skunk Was ate. this a large and drunk with victory, among other substances, Cleveland Browns fan wearing a dog pound costume? I don't get that. I'm not a sports fan. Trying to find, find his own home. Or does this quaint town have a Bigfoot problem? After hearing gunshots at 4.26 a.m. October 22nd, a resident called police. Officers arrived and questioned the man who admitted to firing warning shots at a seven-foot-tall Bigfoot creature (laughs) or bear. Or bear. Who he said had tried to open his front door and get to his dogs. His hot dogs. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he was grilling. Especially with those, uh, those, uh, what are those, uh, those really good ones. Hebrew Nationals. Hebrew Nationals. Hebrew Nationals. Nathan's pretty good dog, too. Cleveland.com, Cleveland, uh, police blotter for November 11th contained a brief report from the Baines, uh, Bainbridge Township in Guayaga County. A brief report? Is that where they compare like briefs? Like yes. boxers? Exactly. Oh, okay. It's just east of Cleveland. Uh, they, uh, let's see, the it contained information, okay, about the alleged Bigfoot sighting. The county is rustic and wooded. Uh, containing the headwaters of three rivers, the Cuyahoga, the Chagrin, and the Grand. Three rivers? That sounds like the name of a mall. Three Rivers Mall. We're going down the Three Rivers. We're going to Three Rivers Mall. We're going to do some shopping. Catch a movie. Uh, And a large Amish population, making it a popular tourist area. He said the creature visits his home every night about 8 p.m. The subject was not intoxicated. Officers could not find any creature footprints or signs of an animal visit. Well, Bigfoot's going to leave footprints wherever he right. goes. That's his signature. The man was advised to call police if it returns and advised against firing shots into the air because the bullets do have to land somewhere. I added that part, but that's true. Well, it is true. While the police say they didn't find any footprints, it might be wise for local Bigfoot investigators to check around Lorraine Street, where the unidentified Down man on lives. Lorraine Street. Uh, why? Uh, let's see. Nearest town, Bainbridge. Nearest road, Lorraine Street. Observed. I have seen this creature three times in my lifetime. Each time I have encountered this animal, Bigfoot. 
I got on the this rain. Is exactly, this is exactly what it says. Ready? Yes. I ha- I'm going to read this verbatim. I have seen this creature three times in my lifetime. Each time <laughs> I have encountered this animal, Bigfoot, I gotten a chance to get closer and finally a understanding of its nature. That's exactly what I'd expect a Bigfoot uh, cider to sound like. <laughs> yeah. No offense. Yeah, right. That's from a March 2001 report on the Bigfoot Field. Re- it's a long time ago. Uh, Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization website about multiple sightings by multiple witnesses of Bigfoot on or near Lorraine Street in You're Bainbridge. You're talking about the BFRO? Yeah, the Bigfoot. What? Yeah, the BFRO. What's that? It's the Bigfoot Field oh, Research. Right, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I was trying to connect that to the Lorraine Street. No, uh, down on Lorraine Street. Anyway, uh, the report includes details of an encounter with poss- a family of possibly six Bigfoot who have sat on a homeowner's porch and are assumed to live in nearby caves. Another witness claimed to have been chased by one into their house. A BFRO, that's what it says, member conducted a follow up investigation, interviewed the reporting witness and search the area of his sighting the edge of the sprawling forested ravines and uplands of the squall rocks metro park their conclusion assuming no uh, assuming one accepts the possibility of bigfoot's checking out homesteads on the rural fringe as i do this is just the kind of location where it could easily occur in an article in the news herald which covers the area uh, the article is large enough; it actually covers the entire. <laughs> That's a lot of writing. It's a lot. Well, big tech font, big font. Oh, okay. That's, a reporter attended a 2016 meeting at the Gagaga Park District, uh, District's Westwoods Nature Center, hosted by Southeastern Ohio Society for Bigfoot Investigation, where multiple event goers shared Bigfoot sightings in Middlefield, Bainbridge, and Chardon. And it was one of the most terrifying moments of their lives. Pro- what being at that event. Probably, yeah. Would have been one of the most terrifying (laughs) moments of my life. Terrifying enough to fire warning shots. Northeast Ohio has an extensive ring of heavily wooded parks which connect to the Cuyahoga Valley National Park, home of one of the the top two alleged Bigfoot recordings in existence, and not uh, that far from where the other one was recorded. The parks are occasionally visited by bears and have many coyotes, dogs, and drunken residents (laughs) who like to howl. And apparently... A number of Bigfoot sightings. I bet you they're tapping on trees all over the place over there. Crazy. Hey, I want a shout out. I want a shout out to Andy Luttrell, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's up to this number yet. He's going to hear this later. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your comments. They uh, they always make us smile. All right. Headline is, I saw this on the news this week, Craig, and laughed yeah, That's why I purposely gave you, I gave you this story, because I knew it was yours, and you needed to share it with the well, world. Well, what's funnier than a dog driving a car? I mean, really. You've seen all the setups where people are, like, scrunched the, down. The, and the thing is, I've seen it happen here in town, and it, I've become desensitized. Not me. I, I just... I, unless That a dog, dog is driving a car. No, if the dog is, is in reverse, driving in circles for like an hour yes. on a cul-de-sac, yes. that would be the kind of story I'd want to hear about. The dog is driving the car. Yeah. Kind of like the squirrel, the squirrel that water skis. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's, yeah. He's a classic. Yeah. Right there with the cat that plays the keyboard. Yes. Headline is, dog puts car in reverse and drives in circles for an hour in a Florida cul-de-sac. Headline is... You just gave the headline. Okay. A black Labrador in Florida proved it was very good at doing reverse donuts. Residents of a neighborhood in Port St. Lucie woke up Thursday morning. I think it's Lucci. Uh, Not on the news uh, that I saw. I'm pretty sure it's Lucci. They said Lucy. I think it's Lucci. And it came from Florida. How about Port St. Stupidheads? Residents of a neighborhood in Port St. Lucie woke up Thursday morning. Maybe it's Lucy. This doesn't seem right to me, though. It sounds wrong. To find a mysterious gray sedan. What's mysterious about a gray sedan? They're everywhere. It's got a dog driving it. Oh, okay. Doing circles in reverse in a cul-de-sac for about an hour. uh, WPBF, a South Florida news station, reported. From a distance. From a distance. You can pull this video up if you haven't seen it already. It's hard to see if anyone's actually driving the car. First thing I saw, somebody backing up. But then they kept going, and I'm like, okay, what are they doing? Neighbor Ann Sable told the news. Police and firefighters arrived on the scene, and upon closer inspection, Craig, there did appear to be a driver and, you know what it was? A cat. It was a dog. It It wasn't Tunces. It was a dog. Well, you know, he had to be somewhere. Sable, well, he's just going in circles. He's doing donuts. He's rebellious. He's, he's, that's what it was. 
Sable wasn't yet aware who the driver was until the police eventually figured out how to stop the Pooch's joyride by punching a passcode into the driver's side door. <laughs> the cops running along beside Wait, the car. Did, did the dog have the passcode? That's how he got in? No. No, the owner had jumped out of the car to run to the house. And I guess they didn't realize what was going on. Maybe they forgot the dog. I don't know. But the dog's, meanwhile, out here doing you know, donuts. Donuts in the yeah. cul-de-sac. Then I saw a dog get out of the car, a big black lab or something, and I'm like, this is turning weird, Sable told the news. Police told uh, the news outlets that the dog's owner, who asked to remain anonymous, left the car running when he stepped out of his vehicle and somehow his four-legged friend, who was still in the car, knocked it into reverse. Thankfully, no residents nor the carefree canine were injured. But Fido did leave some skid marks on the street. He took out a mailbox and a trash can and moved some bricks in front of a home. Which they probably wanted moved anyway. I think they've been trying to get the kids to do that for weeks. Probably. He was doing pretty good until he hit the mailbox, Sable said. He went around for about an hour without hitting anything at all. And Sable clearly thought the doggo performed its latest trick very well. I was like, they should give that thing a license, Sable said. So we got dogs driving cars. We got Bigfoot breaking into houses. We got Biden punching and punching and punching. What else we have? Weird news this week. Weekly uh, weird. We've got a guy wearing a Jesus saves bib in a race. That's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Submitted by Mark Patch, Minnesota runner with Jesus saves bib, saved by a nurse named Jesus after collapsing. Collapsing? Are you collapsing serious? during race? This can't be real. A Minnesota's runner's bib turned out to be more prophetic than he could have ever imagined tyler moon a 25 year old general mills customer operations specialist in the minneapolis area entered a 10 mile race earlier this month with a faith-filled message that turned out to be true to his life so before the race my name was originally on the bib moon told fox news one day i got a thought i thought it was from god and that it should be a profession of faith and changed it to Jesus saves so that another runner or someone in the audience would see it that Jesus saves us for eternity. That's right. On race day on October 6th, on Sunday morning, he felt really good after eating breakfast, ready to run the race in his orange Wheaties t-shirt with his bib pimmed, pimmed. What is wrong with me? <laughs> his bib pinned to his shorts. I've been looking forward to this race for a while. The former college football player who has no history of heart trouble was running eight-minute miles until the eighth mile when he collapsed, cracking his head on the oh. pavement, according to the St. Paul Pioneer Press. That's, That's the smarts. S-triple-P. Yeah. Thankfully, a runner named Jesus Jesse Bueno, probably Jesus, Jesse Bueno. No Bueno. No Bueno. No, please Bueno. Uh, a Lakeville uh, registered nurse, uh, anesthetist. Anest I can't say it. I can't say it. Say it for me. Anesthetist. 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 An a a a Ventriloquist. Yes. Was right behind him and quickly helped save his life alongside another colleague and other medical professionals who performed chest compressions and assisted his breathing until the ambulance arrived. Moon, still adjusting after going through cardiac arrest, a concussion, and broken bones in his face, oh. uh, said he is grateful. Thank you to everyone who helped me, and thanks to all the runners who stopped and saved my life, uh, he said. I believe God placed all those people there at the right time in the right place for his glory. Moon's heart, uh, which he is set to give Amy Green, his fiance, he's a really cute little picture of them too, by the way, uh, so his, his heart is, uh, is so just she, fine. She needs a transplant and he's given her, he's not even dead. He's given her his heart. Right. Wow. He said his now crumpled up bib had a message that turned out to be pretty fitting after what happened on that early October Sunday morning. When I originally put Jesus saved saves, I was hoping it would help people at the race and in Minneapolis. He said they need it. I had no idea how far it would go and how it would impact the world. That's just something I never expected, but God's plans are way greater than anything I could have ever thought of. He now encourages everyone to help others just like he was helped, big or small, just to serve one another. Okay, Craig, we got another headline here. Woman is suing Target after finding chili and towels in a vacuum box. She's not actually suing them because of what she found in the box. Actually, it would be less stupid if that's what she was <laughs> suing them for. Okay. So this woman, this woman goes into Target to get a brand new vacuum cleaner. 
But when she got home with the box, it was filled with rocks, towels, and a can of chili. Target then accused her of making the switch. Now, that would burn me up. That would make me mad. Right. Because what has happened is somebody has returned this vacuum box loaded with enough weight that it felt like the vacuum was still right, in it. Right, So, so well, let's get to the story, then we'll discuss okay. quickly. My husband said, this looks weird. Where, where are, Why are there towels? Annie Ban- Banerjee recalled. She's, she's, she's an East Indian woman. And I kept saying, maybe to cushion it? Banerjee spent more than $300 on a vacuum. No, she spent $300 on rocks, towels, and a can of chili. (laughs) She bought a box of rocks. Mm -hmm. When she discovered the deception, she went back to the Galleria Target 30 minutes later. She says they refused to take it back. Instead, she claims they accused her of stealing it and ended up having her escorted from the store by police. That's insult to injury is what that is. It is. That part was not in the video I saw, but go ahead. The implication was that I took home for half an hour, changed that, and came back. So they're saying the implication is she just left 30 minutes and did all that and came back. Yeah, right. Banerjee filed a federal discrimination lawsuit against Target in April, saying that the fact that she is of Indian descent played a role in what she says was unfair treatment. I don't care what nationality you are if that happened to me i'd sue him too i mean the the thing is i just i just i just don't hear maybe i'm naive i don't hear a whole lot of of east indian saying oh i'm so discriminated and this people called me a liar because i brought but you know she's trying to make it out to be like oh you know i'm i'm indian and and and, i don't think so no no that's what she says i think no i think she says i'm going to stick it to target any way i can but i'm saying but that's what she's saying on record and i don't don't think they're discriminating another she i think we're talking two different ways here (laughs) you're saying regardless you should be mad because they say this to you you gotta look at it from target's point of view too if i come in with a uh, an expensive stereo box open it up and there's a bunch of gravel in it you're gonna have to stop and do diligence to um make sure this is you know because people do pull this stuff all the time i know it obviously happened before this lady bought her vacuum but to uh to escalate it that quickly and pull some kind of a race card and say oh it's because i'm i'm indian i don't think so i don't think no and i don't think she was doing what you're saying she was doing either but that's what she says she was she oh no what i said is she took it and she thought i'm going to get target every way i can if it includes me using a race car. Maybe, but, yeah. but it's lame to bring that up is my point. I don't that think so. Well, it is because I don't, I don't see so. a lot of, I don't see a lot of, uh, well, first of all, Indian I'm no folk. fan of Target. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, yeah. I, but this, I, this I is, hope all the Indians sue them. This has happened at, 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 at Best Buy and all kinds of places. People buy like an Xbox and then they, they yes. come and they buy, yeah. they'll come, a legit person will legitimately try to buy it, go home and find a, a right. brick. And the, the lesson here is open your boxes before you leave the store. I don't, I mean, who does that? Who not does, me, but I will from now on. <laughs> So go ahead. Go okay, ahead. okay. Her attorney, Randall Killian, said the store provided video that they deemed relevant to the case but didn't provide an explanation. In the video, you can see a man enter Target with a baby and a large box in his cart. He's later seen by the Dyson vacuums removing the security device and putting the box in his cart. At the register, surveillance shows that man with two large boxes in his basket. While the cashier rings up the other items, he puts one on the ground but makes his way out of the store with the other. The box with the can of chili and towels inside was picked up by a Target employee and eventually put back on the shelf, where Banjuri later buys it for herself, thinking there is a vacuum inside. I think this Target must have a memo somewhere that says minorities will try to pull one over you. Be very careful. That's just not right. Maybe they do. I I don't know. I... I, Banerjee says she did eventually get a new vacuum sent to her home, and inside was an envelope with a cash refund. Well, stop right here. If you got a new vacuum and a cash refund, don't sue them. I mean, my thing is that it's a hard situation for the for the retailer to be in. You walk in. They don't know you from Adam. You come in with the box. You say, this vacuum was full of towels. <laughs> Not very good ones ch- either. Chill, yeah, towels, chili, and whatever else it was. And then you're like, um, was you know, it Vietti chili? You think? I don't know if it was that big can. <laughs> Might have been worth keeping. But I mean, if they, um, you know, you they need to. I don't think they. I'm said, on your side now. I think she's just. Trying I don't to, think they ever yeah. said, "Hey, why don't you get your Indian butt out of here?" <laughs> you Indians are always wrong. I, I, I know. I don't think they said that. I just think they were like, uh, "Hey, Kimasabi, step out." Honestly, the nine dollar an hour employee or whatever they make, you know, was probably like, "I don't." Pocahontas. I don't make a. Aren't wrong, you running for president, <laughs> dude? That's the wrong Indian. 
Oh. <laughs> East Indian. As in India. Wow, our ratings couldn't go any worse, but they just got worse. My bad. So anyway, um, the, uh, you know, it's just, I just, I don't know. It's just, it, it's such a bad situation for them to be in. So, so if you're going to, you know, if I'm, if you're not making, that employee is not making enough an hour to care. They're like, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know. I and, wasn't there, but she got a new vacuum. She got a cash refund. She got an expensive vacuum. Yeah, three hundred bucks. And then got her a, a vacuum and got her a refund. Got her a can of chili and some towels. <laughs> no, actually, she didn't. They probably took those back. All right. <sighs> anyway, hey, stick around because our big story is up next. We're going to be talking about the Fairfax Bunny Man. So don't touch that fast forward button because our second half starts right now. Weird. I'm here. Just, well, you're not reading. It's just taking me a second. What is wrong with you? Is well, it the cold medicine? It's the it's, well, actually, it's antibiotics. It's not cold medicine. But thanks for your concern. Is antibiotics coming to? Uh, is your antibiotics My coming antibiotics to uh, Thanksgiving? I don't know. Well, yeah, she, she's here. Brought a whole bottle of her friends. <laughs> Time for the big story. Each week on Weird, we focus on a single weird story that deserves more attention than the usual stories that we bring you. This is where we're going to bring you conspiracy theories, UFO stories, real-life monster stories like Bigfoot and Mothman. Just really a bunch of strange stuff. Now, of course, we're just covering these stories because they're weird. We're not necessarily saying that we believe them. We're not not saying we don't not not believe them. We're not not saying we do believe them or not. We're not not saying we don't. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe. Not. And if you've got a good story you'd like us to cover on the big story, just let us know. But for now... Big story. Big story. The Fairfax Bunny Man. Tonight's big story comes to us from an article written by Matt Blitz. Blitz, the Matt Matt Blitz, from the Washingtonian website. Often with urban legends, there's the story and then there's the truth. That's what makes the tale of Fairfax County's Bunny Man so eerie, so bizarre, and so downright creepy. How bizarre. How bizarre. Oh, he's dead. By the way, do you know that the guy that sang that one died? Really? Yeah, we were talking earlier before in in the in the post uh, the pre-show meeting, uh, pop stars who passed away and we didn't realize it. Like I didn't know Falco had died. Well, that was years and years. That's ago. a long time ago. Pete Burns from yeah. Dead or Alive. Yeah, uh, that's the one that started it. But then the guy that sings uh, "How Bizarre," he uh, he went on in, man. When did that happen? You know, I'm not real sure. It's uh, it's been a while, but uh, um, sad, sad is what it. The band was. Um, Oh, what was the band's name that sang that? Too bad we don't have a device right in front of us. Well, I'm can... actually looking for it because I've got that one song in my list here. Hold on a second. Okay. It, it is. I just have a lot of uh, uh, OMC. OMC. Okay. Not to be confused with 80s OMD. OMD was was pretty good, too, I think. Anyway. Paul Lawrence Fumina. He passed away. How bizarre. How bizarre. Let's see. Uh, let's see. He died. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I tried, uh, 2007, he passed away and became the Bunny Man. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. And you just said something that was interesting. What you I said say? you liked OMD, and you just got through telling me recently about how you tried to listen to OMD and it was so horrible. That one? No, they got that one song that I'm crazy about. He died in 2010. I'm sorry. Okay, so nine years late. Our condolences. <laughs> they had that one song. What was it? How bizarre. No, no. Oh, no. OMD. <laughs> if you leave. Yes, that one I love. Or Anola Gay. No, no if you I leave. didn't like that If one. you leave. So if you leave, I liked so much that I downloaded, or didn't download, I streamed OMD's album. No good song. That's the only good song they ever did. It's like that Natalie Imbruglia, whatever her name was. She had that. Now, don't uh, you talk bad about Natalie Imbruglia. You stop right there, mister. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, but she, uh, that Heart one's- of gold. That Voice one, That one song. Gold. She only had that one song. No, that she, album, that I, had album that, was I had four copies of that CD. That <laughs> CD was horrible. It was great, man. I loved you it. You say- wasn't that it? Yeah, that was it. La, 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 la. Can we go back to Bunny Man now? <laughs> yeah. Often with urban legends, I'm starting over now. Well, there's a story and there's the truth. That's what makes the tale of the Fairfax County Bunny Man so eerie, so bizarre, and so downright creepy. While there are several variations of the urban legend splashed across the furthest reaches of the internet, the true story of the Bunny Man may actually even be weirder. A creepy guy on Halloween, dressed oddly, throwing hatchets at people. It's just too bizarre to possibly be true, says Fairfax County archivist 
Brian Connolly, but it is. Okay, I'm going to pick up on my part here. But first, didn't Natalie Imbruglia act in that movie with uh, Mr. Bain? She is an actress in Australia, but I don't know what movie. She was in a TV show or something. He he had a movie like Johnny. It was Johnny something where he was like oh, a yeah, secret. Oh, yeah, Johnny English. Yeah, I she, think she, she was might in have that been. Well, while you're telling the story, okay. I'll look. So for four decades, the legend of the Bunny Man was captiv- has captivated Northern Virginia fear seekers. Connolly first heard the tale when he was an area youngster back in the 70s. It showed up in a 1973. Yeah, she's in that movie. Okay. It showed up in a 1973 University of Maryland undergrads class paper. Uh, it's been told and retold by by local. T- Stop. You know what you're doing? You're throwing me off. I'm sorry. It's been told and retold. <laughs> it's a get much more southern than retold. Retold. <clears throat> It has been told and retold by local teens for years. Now, while the legend has evolved and changed through the years, it follows these lines. In the early 20th century, okay? You follow me now, Craig? I'm following Early you. 20th century. Look, deep, at this, look at this picture I'm deep, showing. deep in the woods. That's, that's from the movie, yeah. Deep in the woods that divided the town of Clifton from Fairfax Station, there was an insane asylum. Okay? Asylum? <laughs> okay. At some point... This asylum closed down, and the residents were piled into a bus bound for Lorton Prison. That's what you do. <laughs> Mentally ill people, just go yeah. stack them into prison. Good grief. On the way there, that bus swerved and crashed. Many of the convicts escaped, but were caught, save one. His name was Douglas Griffin. While searching for him, authorities... Douglas Peter Griffin. <laughs> while searching for him... Authorities found a trail of half-eaten, gutted bunnies, with many hanging from what was then called Fairfax Station Bridge. For months, the police searched for Griffin, but he was never found. Then, on Halloween night, several teens were hanging out under the bridge. At the stroke of midnight, they were attacked. The next morning, they were found hanging from the bridge, gutted like the bunnies. That's gross. To this day... It is said that if you are at Bunny Man Bridge at midnight on Halloween night, you two Let's go. will meet the fate of those teens and rabbits. What if you show up, though, and you're wearing a bunny suit also? Will he leave you alone? No, you'll get shot. So you will meet your demise. Oh. Somebody will shoot you. It's a heck of a good piece of creative writing, Connolly says about what he thinks is the most widely known version of the story, an account that follows this narrative from Timothy Forbes of CastleOfSpirits.com. He specifically cites historical inaccuracies for why the account is false, like that Lorden Prison, uh, like that Lorden Prison uh, wasn't open until 1916. There's no Fairfax court record of Douglas Griffin, uh, and the old Clifton Library, the old T- Tony Clifton Library. <laughs> Where the article uh, article's author tells skeptics evidence exists never even existed. A constant trickle of bunny man questions re-engage Connolly's interest in the story. I got tired of saying I don't know, he explains. It took nearly a decade of research, but in 2002, he published what has to be considered the most foremost paper on the subject. What he discovered is that the real story is even more bizarre than the legend. So this is where it gets good. Now, this is the this is the real truth behind the uh, Fairfax Bunny Man. On October 18th, 1970, the Washington Post reported that Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett and his fiance were sitting in a car on the 5400 block, block. <laughs> 5400 block of Guinea Road. Uh, in Fairfax around midnight near Bennett's uncle's house when a man dressed in a white suit with long bunny ears appeared. He yelled at the couple that they were on private property and he had their tag number. Then he threw a wood-handled hatchet through the front <laughs> car window. Luckily, neither of them was hurt. Man, that takes kids get off my lawn to a whole new level. It really does. Two weeks later... The, the bunny man showed up again about a block away from his original sighting, according to an October 31st Washington Post article. Private security guard Paul Phillips spotted the man-beast. I don't think it's um, – I think everyone agrees that it's, he's in a costume. Yeah, it's not so, a man-beast. So spotted the man in the bunny outfit on the front porch of a new but unoccupied house. I wish I had the clip from uh, Christmas Story. He looks like a deranged bunny <laughs> rabbit. He was holding an axe. In the piece, Phillips recounted what happened next. I started talking to him, and that's when he started chopping. 
taking several swings at a pole on the porch. He threatened Phillips, all you people trespass around here. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust you in the head. This just sounds like an angry guy in a bunny suit. What's, <laughs> I what's, don't know people like this. What's creepy about this? <laughs> Conley uh, continued to dig. He tracked down the police and investigation reports that confirmed the Fairfax County Police looked for a male in his late teens or early 20s dressed as a bunny. So he was not an old man at all, Mm-mm. but a kid. But the police were unable to turn up anything conclusive. Uh, saying that after an extensive investigation into all of this and other cases of this same nature, it's still unsubstantiated. Substantiated? Um, unsubstantiated as to whether or not there really is a white rabbit. I've seen a white rabbit. I've seen them before. <laughs> Usually a magician has one. Jefferson Airplane sang about one. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> anyway, police uh, deemed this case inactive. Connolly was also able to track down the still married couple that had the hatchet thrown at them. Um, while they didn't particularly want to talk about the 45-year-old uh, incident, they did confirm it happened. They shared vivid details, Conley says, as did the uh, the auntie. Is that auntie? Uh, auntie M. Oh, I thought it might be antibiotics. Oh, I'm on antibiotics right yeah. now. Uh, the aunt who helped them after the incident, she remembered very clearly combing glass from the shattered glass window out of the girl's hair. Sounds oh, Connolly. To this day, no one knows who the bunny man was or what motivated him. The bunny man. Carrots. Carrots <laughs> motivated him. Connolly knows that any theory he has is pure speculation, but he thinks it could be related to an elderly man, a curmudgeon, uh, says Connolly, who owned the property and uh, let's see that the couple was supposedly trespassing on. Uh, although the man had died a year or two earlier, oh, even creepier, maybe a younger family member took up his cause. Perhaps it was just a, per- it was just, he was on his deathbed. He said, Johnny, take the bunny suit. I want you to wear this suit and throw hatchets at people that trespass. <laughs> Promise me. You know what I want? I want you to have the suit, Johnny. Perhaps it was just a person who didn't like the development in the region going on at the time. Additionally, if the bunny man was in his early twenties, in the 70s, as he would likely be alive today, unless he got careless with his hatchet, jokes Connolly. At that point, Connolly was hitting the head with a hatchet. Uh, as of this writing, no one has come forward and admitted to being the notorious bunny man. Wait, what if D.B. Cooper and the bunny were the same person? Oh, that'd be great. It'd be awesome. D.B. Cooper bunny man. Mm-hmm. Today, the story of the bunny man has o- the bunny man, bunny man. <laughs> has overtaken the actual truth. There was no murder, no asylum for the insane, not even a bridge. Connolly thinks the Fairfax Station Bridge, which Google Maps now even calls Bunny Man Bridge. I'm looking that up. Was nothing more than a nearby local teen party spot and a creepy looking and potentially dangerous bridge that got incorporated into the story. Even the town of Clifton has fully embraced the legend with T-shirts and a haunted Halloween attractions. Now, while the legend may be very horrific, frightening and blood curling, the truth is just as bizarre. If there was ever a story that was really ripe to grow and get a little bit strange, it has to be the Bunny Man, says Connolly. It's our own urban legend. So, Craig, has this been made into a movie? Do you know? No. It should be. I'm saying that they should get the cameras uh, down to Fairfax. Oh, don't think I didn't notice you read my part. Well, you were looking at your I was phone. Looking for the, I was looking for the bridge. Did you find it? No. Story <laughs> lied. How many more lies are we telling? What do, you, what do you think about the Fairfax Bunny Man? It's stupid. <laughs> I want to see him and the Mothman in a ring together. Okay. That'd now, be the awesome. Mothman, that, that's real. He, he's real. That's he, real. That's real. That's real, man. <laughs> I tell you, man, that thing's real. I've seen that, man. <laughs> Bunny Man. Bunny Man ain't real, man. Mothman, he's real. You can't, here's the thing about Mothman. All you've got to do to catch him is turn on a giant that's light. That's not true. You turn on that's a giant light. You do. You turn no, on. No, he's, he's not a, a moth. He's a moth man. I he's know, got brains. But he's gonna be attracted to the light. He's not gonna he's be able to not. help it. He, he knows better. He may be attracted to it, but he's not gonna. Do you say it. Mothman's attractive? No. That's what it, that's well, I don't know. I've never seen him personally. Can we get on with this? Can we? No, I don't know. Okay, can. this is a great point uh, or place to stop and say. Some of our listeners have mentioned on Facebook that they prefer the original format of weird without the big story with just local news or not local, but weekly weird, just the weird news. So we are going back for, we want to keep the listener happy. So let us know on Facebook. uh, If you're still out there, 
let us know whether you like the big story or if you prefer the end. You're not going to hurt our feelings at all. We just want to know what to do you to, know who's to keep not you happy. Com- you know who's not complaining about but it? Who? Spotify listeners. Well, we're we, still not on Spotify. We got to get back on Spotify. We don't know what happened. We're there. We're gone. Weird here. We're there. Weird <laughs> here. We're gone. We're here. They were. Where were they? They were here a minute ago. That's, we- that's weird. Hey, weird. It's time for the top ten. Not only that, the Mark Patch top ten. All right, Greg. Tonight we've got the top ten true stories of epic Thanksgiving fails. All right. Ah, Thanksgiving. It's a time for family rejoicing and sometimes disaster. So we gathered up some Thanksgiving stories to tell for eons. Some of them, some are embarrassing, some worth a chuckle, and most will make you glad that these are that you're not these people. Redbook Magazine asked readers on their website and on their Facebook page to share their best Thanksgiving fails, and they narrowed it down to a top ten. Number ten. That time the dish wasn't what. What? The dish wasn't shit. What? Let's try that again. Ready? Yeah. <clears throat> that threw me off with the English. Should it? Number 10. That time the dish. See, I thought it was going to be dishwasher, but it was no. dish wasn't. Right. The time the dish wasn't. Wasn't? <laughs> the dish? This is going to be a long list. <laughs> You've been struck by Mothman. <clears throat> no, Bunny Man. Uh, the time. Okay, number 10. <laughs> Top 10 true stories of epic Thanksgiving fails. We're going to do it this time. Ready? Yeah. That time the dish wasn't. Chef approved. Okay, you got it. I was invited to a friend's house and was told I didn't need to make anything, but I decided to make a pan of cheesy potatoes made with basic processed Velveeta cheese. You know what? You don't have to say basic process. Just say Velveeta cheese because it's delicious no matter what. Anybody says Velveeta is not delicious? A liar. I drink a bowl of it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. When I arrived, I forgot that her husband was a chef of a high-end Michelin-starred restaurant. All the guests were his chef friends. And the spread was gourmet. She laughed when she saw my potatoes and replied, we'll give this to the kids. Well, that's kind of insulting. That's very it? insulting. Because you know what? I'll take, I've had. I've oh, had, yeah. I've had that five-star yes. chef type food before. And I'm telling you right now. I'll take. M- most of the time, Velveeta's better. I agree. 100%. <laughs> All right. Number nine. That time, the turkey was done way too early. Last year, this comes to us from Kelsey D. Last year, I couldn't find my grandma's turkey recipe card and looked up how long and hot to cook a turkey online the internet lied my turkey was ready about three hours before people were even scheduled to arrive i called my grandma in 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 a panic and she diagnosed me like dr house asking all these diagnostic cooking questions how long did you have it in for what temperature was it cooked at how big is the turkey what color is the skin now what are you basting it with she talked me down, and we rigged a tinfoil moisture response system to keep it warm. Oh, yeah, the MRS. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, it turned out great. That's crazy. Number eight. Number eight of the top ten true stories of epic Thanksgiving fails. That time, the tofurkey didn't work out. When would it ever work out? Tofurkey. Never will work out. It's not out. even real. One of my first vegetarian Thanksgivings, we attempted to make our own version of tofurkey. <laughs> With our limited knowledge of tofu and my parents' commitment to meat-eating, we ended up with a football-shaped tofu dome filled with stuffing. The tofu was the color of carpet. What color of carpet? I don't know. And it smelled okay, but the texture was awful because it's tofu. Yes. I learned my lesson. Rather than attempt uh, a sad tofurkey, I just made a traditionally prepared tofu and plant-based dishes and don't miss the turkey a bit. You know what? You can move over there to the kids' table because we're going to eat... We're going to eat meat at the turkey Absolutely. At the it's Thanksgiving. Table. Yeah, we're not. No. You can't be thankful with tofurkey. Tofurkey. What do you got to be thankful for if you're eating tofurkey? <laughs> Get your head checked. <laughs> Number seven. That time someone wore a clown suit. Finally, we're getting to one on this list that actually might belong on the list. Right. When I was in the fourth grade, my best friend and I were in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. We were on a float with Monica, the boy is mine singer, dressed up in clown costumes. Why was Monica dressed up as a clown? <laughs> it poured, and I lost my autograph from Monica. Do you remember Monica? I remember the song. I, I remember that song, too. Uh, no, I'm thinking of Michael Jackson's yeah, The Girl Is Mine. Well, no, it was the boy. It is interchangeable with Michael. Stop. <laughs> oh, Stop. What? Stop. what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Michael, <laughs> but she's mine. The boy is mine. Just keep on dreaming. Okay, how many people can say that they wore a clown suit next to a 90s pop star on Thanksgiving? Hopefully hopefully not that many. That's for dang sure. 
That's not these stories. These, these aren't really fails. <laughs> number six. Number six of the top ten true stories of epic Thanksgiving fails, maybe not fails. Most of these aren't anything at all. See, these are boring stories you tell at people on the bus. That time grown-ups had to eat at the kids' table. I'm still living that. Uh, my mother-in-law made me and my husband, then fiancé, sit at the kids' table with actual children whom we didn't know. <laughs> While my parents sat at the adult table with other strangers whom they didn't know. Okay, okay that, that's well, kind of funny, actually. It's funny, but it's not a disaster. <laughs> All right, number five. That time someone dropped the turkey. This comes to us from Debbie K. I dropped the turkey after rubbing olive oil Olive. I rinsed it off, rubbed the oil on it again, and cooked it. Didn't tell anybody for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's awesome. I just told them last year. <laughs> Oh, well. Did they die? I think not. Now, that's a good one. All right. Number four of this miserable list of so-called- This is a lousy list. We've had some bad lists, but this one's this one lies. And that's saying something. <laughs> Number four, that time turkey miming skills paid off. The first uh, Thanksgiving after moving overseas, I decided to treat my family to a traditional turkey dinner. I went to the closest store, which happened to be French speaking, and approached the uh, area. I speak a little French. What'd they say? Do you know? bon Oh, they said candy. <laughs> I thought they said uh, Jacques Cousteau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you shut up now? <laughs> anyway, Croissant. we're only like at number four. I got to get through the last ones here, okay? Baguette. French fry. <laughs> So they happened to be French-speaking and approached the area where a variety of meats were laid out. Not being fluent in French, I looked and tried to determine on my own whether the large poultry breast I saw were turkey or goose. The butcher indicated that he was ready to help me. I asked in broken, broken. <laughs> that would be broken French would be broken. I asked in broken French if he spoke English. He replied, no. <laughs> I ripped, I tried again, asked Baguette? if he spoke German. Again, he replied, no. Nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotcha. Uh, I pointed at the poultry breast, then tucked my thumbs under uh, in my armpits, flapped my arms, and said, gobble, gobble. The butcher broke into a smile as he replied, oui. <laughs> Embarrassing, sure, but ended up with a turkey, and the butcher got a laugh. Jacques Cousteau. See, that's, that's, that's actually a pretty cool story. Yeah, that's a good one. That's not a fail, though. No. Uh, number three, that time the refrigerator failed. Yeah, that is a fail. A few years ago, my husband and I had my parents and sister up for Thanksgiving for the first time. The evening before. They had never had Thanksgiving with her their parents before. The evening before, while prepping, my refrigerator door fell off. Wow. <laughs> That doesn't happen very often. And it's not an old fridge. It had to be a fridge there. <laughs> and it was not an old fridge. Thanks to the hubby being here, he temporarily fixed it. Thanksgiving morning, I had a big ham all glazed up and ready when I realized my stove had stopped working. I started crying. I was so upset. Not to mention I woke up with a stomach virus. Good grief. This this, is, you just go back to bed. This is the, a nightmare. Just go back to bed at this M point. Mom saved the day by using an old toaster oven to fix the ham. It took hours and hours, but we did eat. Needless to say, I got a new stove and fridge the next day, and none of our families ever went to have holiday, ever want to have holiday dinners here. Okay, number two. Number two. You ready? Yeah, yeah. Of the top ten true stories of epic Thanksgiving fails. Number two. Here we go. Here we go. Number two. Go ahead. Here it goes. That time the mashed potatoes didn't quite work out. One year, my auntie, who had hosted Thanksgiving dinner before, tried to make mashed potatoes. She tried to mash the full 10-pound bag of cooked potatoes at one time in a huge stock pot. I don't know what that is. That That's year, a big old pot. Big old stock pot. Yeah, you switch cook stock in. Uh, yeah. That year, we were slicing our mashed potatoes with forks and knives and not scooping them as you should. She never made them for dinner again. She told my mom it was her job. I don't, even, fail. I don't even get that one. <laughs> she just didn't make good potatoes and we're having to hear about it. Bonnie R. All right, let's see how number one uh, pans out. Number one, that time the stuffing was too organic. Okay. My sister-in-law was up early in the morning making stuffing and preparing the turkey and when she opened up the stuffing mix, moths flew out of the oh, sealed wow. package. <laughs> Wait a minute. If it was a sealed package, moths are not going to fly out. Uh, I opened up a package back uh, when I was living at home, like, let's say a long time ago. And it was a sealed package of some kind of a mix. It was in a plastic bag. It had bow, bow weevils in it. 
little Bo Weevils. Not Bo Diddley. Had a wee little guitar. No, there was. There were like little little Bo Weevils. Little, they, they get in stuff. I don't know how it happened and then was sealed in the package, but the package wasn't opened. Her husband had to make an emergency you just, run. You had no idea what I just said. <laughs> I'm not paying any attention. To the For stuffing mix that next morning, he found it, but it was a challenge. It wasn't a challenge. I'm going to go ahead and say that this was this is going to – this is the worst top ten. List. Like if we ever have a top ten of the worst top tens, this will be number one. Number one. I was trying to be festive, man. Come up with some Thanksgiving stuff. You know what I'm saying? You, you did try. I'm not even giving this one applause. You, you, you. No, don't. So it'll happy, just encourage it. I'd like to wish all of our listener, all every one of you, <laughs> a happy all one Thanksgiving. Of you. And pops, great to see you. Uh, had a good time. We've already done our Thanksgiving, by the way, Craig. It's not Thanksgiving. I know. We we celebrated last Sunday. That's not right. Well, talk to my mom. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> She'll beat me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Let us know on our Facebook or email or something uh, if you like the new format or if you want us to go back to the older format. Or just go away. So next week... We might be back. It just depends on if Aaron can slow down long enough to actually, you know, That's spend true. time with you. That is so true. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, you know what? This is almost live. Yeah, it's going to be out there in just a, an hour or so. Yeah, or sooner. Maybe out there right now. It's not if out there yet. No, if you're listening to it, it's out there right well, now. That's true. It's not not out there. No, it's out there. It's out. It's out. Up, you creep.